Warning, the podcast Under the Stairs is not safe for work. We'll feature movie spoilers and language which most listeners may find offensive. Brought to you in conjunction with Legion Podcast Network. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is disc number 7 in our 88 Films Italian Collection series of reviews. I'm your host Duncan McLeish and welcome to the show. Up on the docket this week we are looking at, like I say, disc number 7 which is another video nasty. Our second video nasty in the series thus far. This is Anthropopagus or Anthropopagus. Um, or about another million different pronunciations for a movie that has about a million other names which we'll get into after our first break but yeah we are tackling this one a video nasty the previous video nasty we did was a night train murders which was disc number one and by disc number seven we're right back in it again directed by the legendary joe damato so very much looking forward to get into a bit of discussion on this one on the episode but as always we'll like to take a bit of time at the start of these episodes give a little bit of housekeeping and some updates on what's happening under the stairs so this is our third and final episode of the week oh that's right but three bitching episodes nonetheless uh, on monday we dropped our first part of a two-part series looking at the blind dead series of movies that's uh, Tombs of the Blind Dead and Return of the Blind Dead with my special guest Ricky Morgan. That came out on Monday. On Thursday, we had The Strangers Pray at Night review. It's non-spoiler and spoiler, so hopefully you guys got a chance to check that one out. And if you've not seen the movie yet, you're holding on to go and check out that movie and then coming back to listen to my review of that movie. And then, like we do every other couple of weeks here, we close the week strong with another look at one of the 88 Films Italian Collection series. Coming tomorrow, brand new week, it's a two episode week, we will be kicking off super strong and super long with uh, the return of Baz V Horror. It's Baz V the Masters of Horror series and he'll be tackling Clive Barker with three movie reviews in that episode and an episode that clocks about five hours in length. I'm very sorry for those who do not like the longer podcast on this day's episode. Five hours in a Baz looking at Hellraiser, Nightbreed and Lord of Illusions. So that will drop tomorrow, um, Monday the 21st of May. Oh, can you believe that we're almost through May and then the June? And then during the week on Thursday, we will return with another bonus episode. So yeah, to say that I am spoiling you just now with content would be an understatement. So much stuff to listen to on podcast under the stairs. There is so much happening in the background as well at the moment. I'm really kind of pushing hard to start gearing up some 
huge amounts of content that will be hitting the page um, over the next two months or so. We'll be kicking off our summer top 10 series, which kicks off in July, but we'll ostensibly have about a month and a half, two months prep work just getting movies sorted, guests in line, and I've already started prepping by watching movies like for the last month I've been kind of starting to ramp up my watching to get myself show ready so tons of content covered in that one, if you've never been through a Teapot's top 10 series, I would recommend you listen to last year's one uh, it ran from July through to October, and it looked specifically at the decade known as the 70s this year we're looking at a decade known as the 80s. There will be approximately a hundred mini reviews of horror movies spanning that decade and a whole series of convoluted rules of how we're going to shortlist all that down to 20 movies and then rank them using what I class as the Noah's Ark rules, which means that each year can only be represented by two movies, which makes it incredibly difficult when you have certain movies which you know for a fact have about four or five which would generally top that decade's list. And don't do that when we're doing our top ten series. I make things difficult, uncomfortable and hard for my guests. So we're already starting to do a bit of prep work into that and more details will be forthcoming over the next couple of weeks. I'm also about to drop this week, the week of... Um, well, sorry, the next week, uh, the week of the Bazoo Horror episode dropping the next Russian franchise retrospective poll uh, we choose between three franchises to see which ones will be covered throughout the month of June so no slouching here so yeah tons of content coming up ladies and gents but let's let's swing it in super strong on this one and um, like I say this is this number seven of our 88 films Italian collection series and up in the up in the, the, the docket is uh, Anthropophagus from 1980 I'm going to take my first break of this show. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the trailer for this movie. When I return, it's time to look at this movie and a whole hell of a lot more right after this. Are you terrified by real life? Us too. You like horror movies? Us too. Then join Maddie and Andrew, your co-hosts for a new podcast that explores horror in real life and horror in the movies. And all with a fresh and fabulous gay perspective. We are a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Facebook, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. We're Friday the 13th. Hello, this is the Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking, America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. <laughs> the truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. <laughs> That's gotta go. <laughs> That's gotta go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I am Brad, the guy that's not Richard, or Jeffrey, or Simon. That's right. We have four people, and we always talk at once, except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north. Simon lives across the world. Richard lives in Penis, Alabama. Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon-exclusive Hello, This is the Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? 
<laughs> we got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow. And welcome back. So you've just heard the trailer for Anthropopagus. Ooh, that's right. Um, now, like I said at the start here, this movie is known by many, many names. Uh, just some of the ones that it's known by is obviously Anthropopagus. It's also known as Savage Island. It's known as The Beast. It's known as The Grim Reaper. If you were in the States, that's where you will know it from. Um, and like God knows how many other names... This one just seemed to acquire names, like a lot of um, genre movies from Italy at this time, 
Um, they would be released under many different names, usually released in the same place um, a couple of years later with a different name in order for the movies to be played again and to dip new people into going to see them. But yeah, that's that's uh, <laughs> that's just one of the many weird and interesting facts that surround this movie. Now what I like to do on all these reviews, I like to give you the blurb from the 88 Films page. I think it's important that we do that. And we'll talk a little bit about some special features on the disc before we get into a, a more in-detailed synopsis of what happens in the movie and then just my overall thoughts of it. So, on the 88 Films page, it says, perhaps the most notorious video nasty of all time. I kind of... Uh, I'd have to dispute that 88 films, but I know you're selling this one. Uh, Anthropopicus is back to deprave and corrupt a fresh wave of horror film viewers. Joe D'Amato cemented himself into the genre of film's history with this slickly directed and sinisterly suspenseful creature feature which has some unprepared tourists arriving on a desolate Mediterranean island only to find themselves stalked by a silent, cannibalistic Neanderthal. Featuring gory special effects that convinced some British moral guardians that Anthropopagus was a legitimate snuff movie, there is little doubting that this timeless terror totem holds up today. Also boasting a cast of genre legends such as Tisa Faro from Zombie Flesh Eaters, Zora Kerova eh, from Cannibal Ferox, and George Eastman, the mighty George Eastman, from Rabid Dogs. 88 Films is proud to present Anthropopagus fully uncut and uncensored and remastered in 2K from the original 16mm eh, from ca eh, the camera negative. Special features vary depending on which version of this you have. So I got, I have actually both versions. Um, not entirely sure why I have both versions at all. I think it's because I put into a Kickstarter for 88 films for four of the Italian titles they put out. And as a result of that, they sent me this as well because I bid at a certain pledge level. I want to assume that's right. So I have the one that was released as part of the actual 88 Films contingent, which has, uh, as its special features, the Italian opening and closing credits, theatrical trailer, as well as the 42 Street documentary, which, to be honest with you, is worth buying this disc flat out. Uh, not even for the, the film Anthropopagus, but just for owning the 42 Street um, documentary which I believe was put together by Callum Waddle who uh, does high rise, high rise productions uh, formerly worked for Arrow Video now is one of the, the kind of key masterminds behind the 88 films and their acquisitions of certain movies and they put out, I don't know if he's their main um, kind of point of contact for acquiring movies but he's certainly been a driving force behind this collection uh, in particular, and the slasher one as well. Um, however, if you own the special edition, which seems to be the one that has kind of replaced the previous one, it's certainly not the one that I watched for this one. I'm watching all the ones that have the Italian um, collection case numbers, etc. Uh, you get um, an additional thing with deleted scenes and the Eastman Chronicles, which is a 2017 interview with Luigi Montefiore, better known as George Eastman, so you get an interview with the man himself. Uh, I might actually check that out uh, before the next recording and feedback into that next recording to see um, if I 
personally feel that you know it's is worth getting that one or the previous one. I know that the this particular one that they're talking about here, which is the remastered special edition, costs a little bit more, costs you a couple of bucks more. So it's whether or not I would imagine if it has an interview with George Eastman on it, it's probably worth paying the four pound extra. Uh, George Eastman's a, a wholly fascinating uh, guy who we have already briefly seen in Blast Fighter in the collection. He played the the, the kind of older brother of the the miscreant that's causing so much trouble in town. Uh, an absolute towering giant. Um, his height has been described as anywhere from six foot six to six foot nine. Uh, if you can believe it. And it will not be the last time we'll be covering them. I know that Absurd is also in the collection. Um, Absurd goes by the alias Anthropopicus 2, which is insane because it really has no relation to this movie at all out with the fact that it is also written by and starring George Eastman, directed by Joe D'Amato. The story couldn't be any different if it tried. I have a lot of time for that movie. I'm really looking forward to covering that as part of the collection. So yeah, so that's that's the, the 88 films. Barb. I will say that the, the master that I saw, which is not the remastered version, a bit grainy, but not bad at all. It's quite it's quite clean compared to the previous version I saw, which was a, a lesser quality rip, which I viewed to do my Doing the Nasties podcast uh, a couple of years ago, which was the we went through the entire video nasty collection of movies, and the copy I saw wasn't great at all. It's kind of cool own, owning this in high def, and yeah, I might check out the special remaster as well. Just once again to give some context before the next recording. But certainly I want to keep it all line with the order of when I bought these titles. So that's why I've done that one. So if we if we spin back out just for a wee second here. And I start to talk a little bit about what is actually going on in this movie. Before we, we kind of kick into my overall feelings of it. The plot itself is thin to say the least. Um, we start off with a German couple who are uh, holidaying or vacationing on uh, a Greek island um, and they are both butchered uh, in quite quite gory fashion one of them is pulled under the water and we never see her again but the, the boyfriend who is wearing headphones and unable to hear his partner's cries takes a cleaver to the forehead uh, squishy is bloody, is fucking awesome. Um, and then we switch over. We have this group of people uh, who are once again on vacation and travelling between the Greek islands where they, they stumble upon this island, this particular island here. Um, and while they're there, they do a little bit of exploring. Um, they come across a, a woman in black, uh, which doesn't actually really amount to anything so that's crazy resident of the island um, they, while they're in a house they are attacked by a blind girl who jumps at a vat of blood wielding a giant fucking knife which once again is not really explained at all but that's fine that's fine she talks about this creature this beast that is on the island that smells of blood um, and then our our people are starting to get picked off one at a time by this cannibalistic, I, I know the description says cannibalistic Neanderthal but he isn't a Neanderthal at first, he is 
we get a bit of backstory for for our killer who's played by George Eastman. Essentially, he he his wife and child all ended up marooned on a dinghy uh, in the middle of the ocean. And when the boy died, George Eastman decided that this would be a good time to maybe propose to his wife that they eat their child to survive. And the wife's having none of it, and she throws herself in front of uh, George's knife, which goes into her, and we are led to believe that he eats his wife and child, and then ultimately ends up on this island. Uh, but by then, he's he's gone a bit cray-cray, um, has a taste for the human flesh, and he's gone to the dark place. So, um, he's the one that's hunting them down. Now, the movie doesn't really go much in the way of explanation why he has devolved as much as he has in his look. I think the assumption will be that because he is now eating human flesh, his body is transforming into something wholly primitive and primal, which I'm cool with, 100%. The makeup on him's not that great, his fake teeth are not that great, but the size of this guy and his awareness of where the camera is and his facial expressions are kind of fucking awesome and to be honest with you the real reason that you want to check out this movie um, none of the characters are really three dimensional at all they're it's kind of ponderous actually while they're walking around the island uh, and not a lot's coming out but as soon as the as soon as the shit goes cray with Eastman and Toe that's when things get really interesting he kind of stalks them all, picking them all off one at a time um, which ultimately leads up to the sequence where our, our final girl so to speak is, is you know, she thinks she has killed him but he has returned he um, is stalking her and he takes a pickaxe to the chest and then probably one of the most infamous scenes um, particularly because it featured on the box artwork of uh, of any of the nasties really it was something like driller killer we have this depiction of uh, Eastman's character on his knees eating his intestines which is essentially taken directly from this movie that is what he ends up doing he is on his knees uh, beside a well with his, his innards in his hands uh, and starts to eat them before he dies like one last cannibalistic sign of defiance in front of his uh, in front of his assailants or in front of his uh, victims and that's when the movie finishes it's not a particularly long film at all i think the the total runtime is in the region of about an hour and a half um the first half of this movie treads water at a pretty slow pace almost to the kind of pace that you might go under uh, whereas the second half of the movie picks up quite a bit of pace and the last 10-15 minutes of the movie are actually pretty fucking awesome. So, yes, yeah, so that's that's the, the synopsis. Some interesting information about the movie is, <coughs> obviously I mentioned it's directed by Joe D'Amato. Now, this guy here is a absolute fucking workhorse of a director. He sadly passed away in 1999. But up until that point, he, he had been uh, attached whether in the directing chair, the production chair, or in the writing chair, with approximately about 200 movies, which is just fucking insane. Um, this movie in particular, the, the Anthropopagus movie, is his first real foray into an all-out 
kind of horror movie. Before that, he'd been attached to a lot of um, sexploitation movies um, and at, right out porn movies. He'd done a bit of porn um, back in the day when when things were kind of slow. He'd done like work when I say sexploitation, think of things like the Emmanuel series of movies. He uh, was behind think Emmanuel in Bangkok, Emmanuel in America, Emmanuel around the world, and Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals as well, which is a hugely inf- influential movie that we spoke about when talking about the cannibal movies. In particular, it's one of those ones that kind of stands out. Um, it wasn't until he kind of swung in to do, uh, or put his stamp, so to speak, on Anthropopicus that really things start to get a bit more interesting. Now, he did do a bit of work with uh, Beyond the Darkness, which is another little movie that we'll be talking about as well, but that has a kind of sexual twi- uh, kind of bent in it, which you know, kind of maybe sways away from being an out-and-out horror genre movie like this one in particular. So this is the one that kind of kicks him off and we get a slew of movies by him after this point where he is kind of comfortable that he's doing some horror. Kind of leans into it a bit more. He co-wrote this movie with uh, George Eastman. George Eastman obviously starring in the movie as the, the kind of titular killer. Uh, which is kind of awesome. I think his name is Klaus Wortmann. Um, and like I say, a, a giant on-screen presence. Uh, it's also worth saying as well that the, the scoring of the movie, the actual original soundtrack, was done by Marcelo Giambini. Um, and it's, it's heavily kind of synth-based, which is kind of amazing. However, if you watch this movie in America under the you know the, the title The Grim Reaper, then you will get a different score. Um, they actually, I believe the rumour is they stole the music from, I don't know if they stole the music, probably licensed the music, from the Fantastic Kingdom of the Spiders to play in the background. I'm not entirely sure why they would do that. To me, that seems kind of short-sighted because the score for the Italian cut of the movie is kind of fucking awesome. So... Yeah, not entirely sure. Couldn't dig up anything in my kind of brief peripheral look online as to why they would do that. But yeah, there's a little factoid to put in your pipe and smoke. Um, so what do I think of the movie? Well, like I said, I think the first half of the movie, which is really kind of setting up the the characters being on the island, the, the plot points of like their boat going missing, etc., is, is quite slow. Uh, we're introduced to a couple of characters in particular where we could have used a bit more kind of fleshing out as to what's going on. The woman in the black outfit, I think, might either live with Eastman's character or she's maybe his sister. Um, and she adds nothing to this movie and commits suicide, once again, for no specific reason at all. Uh, the blind girl, there's no real proper explanation as to what's going on with her or how she ended up in this vat of blood with a stabby stab um, that's never really explained either so that's kind of weird not entirely sure why that is um, there's no big explanation as to why Eastman has you know, transformed into a bit of a caveman out with this idea that he's eating human flesh so yeah, there's some serious pacing issues uh, and really no likeable characters in this movie. That being said, the second half of the movie where like Eastman's presence is made, 
when he attacks uh, one of our one of our um, or a kind of group of characters and rips out his throat with his teeth. The effects are fucking brilliant, and from this point on, it becomes this gnarly little kind of sta- uh, stock and slash affair, uh, but with, with with cannibalism at its heart. And I get really behind the movie at that point. I find it far more interesting. The score behind it is totally batty in points uh, and kind of adds to it. And, I, I mean, it has this holy kind of Italian genre vibe permeating through the, the, the cinematography. Um, and later on to, you know, um, like how the gore effects are actually placed out you know you see these effects in other movies of the same sort of time specifically the zombie stuff and the cannibal movies to which this movie comes out at maybe their height Eastman's phenomenal his presence is great I think he's he's captivating and it's not just because of his his height um, but yeah it makes it makes such a difference to see him Joe D'Amato claimed and it's worth saying this guy claimed a lot and you have to take what he says with a pinch of salt that uh, Anthropopagus was his lowest costing movie it cost him less because he uh, filmed on 60mm which was obviously cheaper than filming it on 35mm uh, 35 um, so I think that's I think that's quite cool I think obviously we, we should touch on the, the whole kind of video nasties thing we already kind of touched on it with the night uh, train murders but um, this one yeah it landed on the nasty list which probably gave it its notoriety to the extent that it is just now um, it was banned in 1984 this was on the bad list this was on the if you were given out this movie you would be prosecuted and were prosecuted list um, you've got to imagine most of that kind of comes around um, the scene with the eating of intestines at the end but I would say the box art does not help when you have a box art that looks like this specifically in that time period you are just you're putting a giant red bullseye on your movie and daring the BBFC to come along and ban you and we would be remiss if we don't take a couple of seconds to talk about, you know, one of the more infamous scenes in Video Nasty lore, which is um, a character, I believe her name is Maggie, is confronted by, you know, Eastman's killer at one point in the movie, and her unborn child is torn from her womb uh, and devoured. So, yeah, that's, that's quite gnarly. And effects-wise, it doesn't really hold up all that great. That being said, at the time period, I imagine this warped people's brains. That you know they they hadn't seen anything like this before. It's a ballsy fucking move, and like I say, I think they handle it quite well. Um, for the time period, I, I genuinely think this would have been very effective. But yeah, that between that and the 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 eating of intestines, those two scenes are going to bump that up specifically and give uh, Mary Whitehouse and her cronies. The opportunity to really hang their their disgust of these movies on, um, which is you know ultimately the reason that it was it was banned in this country. 
And on the, 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 the bad, bad list of the video nasties. Uh, yeah, so all in all, I think the movie it has qualities that I really like. I think, you know, it's a ridiculous Italian genre movie, which makes very little sense and doesn't even try to... It, I mean, it does try to an extent, but it's always fighting that losing battle of actually tying up loose ends, so why not just go absurd with it? Which is what they do, and when the movie lets its freak flag fly, so to speak, that's when I get excited. So the first half of the movie, all the setup is uh, is a bit ponderous and doesn't really lend itself to setting up any sort of atmosphere either, because it's, it's not really that sort of movie, although it's trying to, it doesn't achieve it. Um, the second half of the movie is bitching. I love it. I think the ending's nuts. Um, I think there's a couple of gnarly, gnarly scenes in here as well. Um, so if I was given a grade, a Netflix grade, one through five, one has hated it, two has didn't like it, three has liked it, four has really liked it, and five has loved it, I would probably come in about a three and a half. Four at the top, I would feel comfortable doing a three and a half though. Uh, somewhere between I liked it and really liked it. Like I say, the first 40 minutes of the movie really are an anchor that you have to kind of slog through to get to that, that juicy back half of the movie where anything goes. So yeah, there we go. That is my review of Anthropopicus, a.k.a. about a million other names. Um, I'm going to take my final break and when I come back, I'm closing out the show and I'm going to be doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been our disc number seven of the 88 Films Italian Collection series of reviews looking at 1980 Joe D'Amato Shock Gorefest Anthropopicus. So yeah, that's that's disc number seven down, which means that in about two weeks' time we will be looking at disc number eight, which is a little movie called Hitchhike. Now let's give you the blurb from the 88 Films website. It says the late great David Hess, star of Last House on the Left, took on one of his most maddening roles in 1977's seat-gripping shocker Hitchhike. Picked up at the side of the road by a bickering couple. Uh, essayed by the iconic Franco Nero from Django, uh, an ex-Bond girl uh, Corinne Clay from Moonraker, the seemingly good-natured Hess soon returns to his familiar screenways as a sexually threatening psychopath. More than a few speed bumps to follow, and anyone seeking a gentle time in front of the TV will, doubtlessly, be disappointed by this pedal-to-the-metal menace and Top Gear terror that this road trip into terror presents. A true standard of Italian suspense and nastiness, complemented by a classic Ennio Morricone soundtrack, Hitchhike is brought to HD in a stunning new master, thanks to the sleaze-loving genre buffs at 88 Films. So I've never seen this movie, this is another new one for me. I love David Hess, um, I also love kind of, you know, sinister hitchhike movies, um, The Hitcher being one of my all-time favourite horror movies, um, so yeah, I'm kind of interested to see where this one goes, it's late 70s, it's one that I'm not overtly familiar with, it seems like we're kind of moving into thriller, 
kind of levels as opposed to out and out horror and I'm kind of cool with that as well so I cannot wait to tackle that one so that one will be dropping about two weeks time that's Hitchhike directed by Pascal Festa Campanelli I think I pronounced that horribly I apologise to all my Italian speaking listeners so yeah that's what we'll be doing now uh, this is us rounding out our three episode week which means tomorrow is the return of Baz V Horror it's Baz V the Masters of Horror aka Baz V Clyde Barker with reviews of Hellraiser of Nightbreed and Lord of Illusions it's a five hour episode and it's dropping tomorrow so get yourself ready for it and then coming on Thursday we will be back to another bonus episode there's a multitude of ways of course to check out the podcast under the stairs as always I recommend you check us out on the old Apple podcast come across subscribe to the feed that way you get the episodes as and when they drop and access to the entire back catalogue of tea putts content leave us a rating and a review while you're over there ratings super important the more of them we get if they're five stars for example the higher up the iTunes charts were pushed for people to come across and check out our show but also leave us a review it takes seconds to do it doesn't cost you anything it means the world to us it's the best way to support this show because it's your words telling people why they should check us out also word of mouth really helps tell your friends your family your loved ones and your enemies to check out the podcast under the stairs they can also check us out at Stitcher Smart Radio SoundCloud on Google Play and the TuneIn app you can also visit our website tputtscast.com click the merch tab there or go directly to our merch page tputtscast.bigcartel.com to buy tputts content you're also helping the show deliver more merch in the future Uh, as well as that you can interact with us on facebook facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputtscast and interact with the bars on the twin prongs of social media sexiness twitter and instagram both can be followed at tputtscast so there we go another fantastic week of podcast content i am still as a as you're hearing me just now i'm still actually away on vacay a nice long weekend up in the highlands of scotland well just south of the highlands up near aviemore in the cairngorms staying in a very fancy lodge house uh, getting very, very, very drunk. So this show is all being programmed to drop by um, by automation. Because like I said on previous episodes, the machines are taking over. And I, for one, salute our new automatic, automated overlords. Uh, God bless robots. Uh, hail the robots, don't kill me robots. So yeah, um, I am not, I'm not around when this episode drops. Uh, I will be back next week though. So if you don't hear much from me, over on on facebook today when the episode drops that is why but i'm just rambling now i'm gonna get out of here enjoy whatever is left of your weekend uh, and i hope you all have a fantastic week to come wherever you are and whatever the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours this is duncan mccluse broadcasting live from under the stairs and i'm signing off